This is a Bible study, but not in the way that I've been doing it before, because it is, I'm not going to read verse by verse of an entire chapter. This is going to summarize from a lot of different parts of scripture, but something that I guess appears to be relevant right now, because um, you'll see. See, as I, as I read this, I'm going to be reading from something that I posted on the website, and I'm not going to give the scriptural references because that'll just make it incongruent um, trying to listen to it. It'll be hard every time I have to reference a quote because there's lots of verses and quotes in here. So if you want to see where these verses came from, then I would suggest to go to the website which can be found at www.annm2705.com. And um, that website will have all the information. And um, there's also links to the podcast with other um, places to find it. So, But if you want to see the references to scripture, go to the website. So it's annm2705. Com. All right, um, this is about the mark, which is a prophecy in the Bible. So I'm seeing some speculation among those who study eschatology, which is the end times, about something big possibly happening in 2024. And that's what prompted me to write on this website. But even if something big doesn't happen in 2024, it's beneficial for all of us to be mentally prepared ahead of time for whenever it does happen. So the warning in this writing is do not take the mark. Do not take the mark whenever it's rolled out because this is unforgivable. We know all sorts of like sins are forgivable by God, but this is unforgivable and will absolutely separate us from eternity with God. So here is the scriptural proof of this statement. So this is from the book of Revelation. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the lamb, and the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest, day or night, for those who worship the beast and its image, or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. So that verse in Scripture is you know, from the book of Revelation. It, there's a lot of symbolism in there. However, whatever this mark is, is something that will cause us to not be able to buy or sell. 
And, and it basically, if you take it, just like that verse said, if you take it, you're going to be subject to the wrath of God. And so anyone who is present on earth at the time when this mark is rolled out, you cannot take it. And if you are present on the t- on, at that time, the Bible isn't really clear, but as I read these future verses, you will see that this is going to come against anyone who believes in Jesus and remains faithful to Jesus. This is kind of like the final testing that mankind will have to go through. Um, that's why it's so important to be prepared mentally and spiritually before this event occurs, to be strong in your faith to Jesus, because as this scripture tells us, it could entail us having to give our life in order to not take the mark. I mean, that's going to really put somebody to the test. Are you willing to die for your belief in Jesus rather than taking the mark? Because some people will have to do that. And you can trust Jesus, though. You can trust God that he will give you whatever you need to get through that. And the other thing to remember about that, too, is that when we, if we have to give up our life, if we are one of those people, then we need to know what comes after that. We need to know that when we physically die, it is what the Bible says, falling asleep. And it is only temporary because we will be resurrected with immortal bodies and be with Jesus forever in eternity. So there's more scripture that I will read that will cover this, but um, it's, it's really going to test any professing Christian who is present at the time that this mark gets rolled out. So I'm just saying that be aware of this mark. Be aware that you have to do everything, even if it, if it means giving up your life rather than like getting killed instead of taking the mark, like refusing to take the mark and being willing to die instead of take the mark. That's pretty serious. I don't think a lot of us have had to have had to had to make that decision in regards to our faith. And this is something that is really going to sift through who true Christians are and who are Christians only in name. But you need to know, okay, you need to know this because if you're just like, well, I'm not going to die for that, forget it. What you have to know is what comes after that. Like you are eternally um, disconnecting yourself from God. And that's a decision that every person gets to make on their own. So nobody is forced to do this. But this is a testing of someone's faith when it happens. So mentally get prepared. If you need to grow your faith, if your faith is not strong enough to say, I, you know, I think I'm going to be able to do that. Um, Even if, you know, you, you could, you could say, oh, I'm definitely ready to do that. I will do that today. Um, that's one thing. But if you're kind of like, well, I don't know if I'd really give up my life for my faith. I'm not sure. Um, that's If you're at that place, then to strengthen your faith, if you want to strengthen your faith to 
be prepared for this day if you happen to be here, then faith comes from reading the Word of God. So that's the that's the only way that you gain faith is from um, Scripture, from hearing the Word of God, and from praying. So not everybody in the old times had Bibles, but I mean, they did have the Torah and stuff like that. But um, our communication in prayer with God is equally or even more so important. God reveals information through scripture and we can learn more and test more, you know, test uh, concepts more, um, dive into scripture so that we can see what is true, what is not, what do we believe, um, compare it to whatever we do. Ask a lot of questions, you know, talk to people who are strong in faith and get your questions answered, get your doubts answered. You know, talk to somebody who's strong in faith and find out why do they believe? Why do they believe something that you struggle with? Um, why um, have, do they have faith that would they would be willing to give up their life rather than deny Jesus? Find out from those people. Learn from those people who say those things or who you know claim to be that way. Find out why they say those things. But you will find the answers in Scripture. But now is the time to wrestle with it. If you are not prepared right now, now is the time to get into Scripture and to start getting those questions answered so that when this happens, mentally you'll be prepared to say, okay, if I have to give up my life, I will because I am not going to take this mark. So I'm going to get back to the rest of the the verses from Scripture that support this. So again, um, I am, um, here's, this is about the mark of the beast again. So I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshiped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So in this vision that John saw, that's in the book of Revelation, um, he, I mean, these are souls of people who were beheaded. Now pay attention to this because it says that, you know, they, they wouldn't deny Jesus and they were beheaded for it and they had not worshiped the beast or his image. So that means that these people were present when the beast was there, when the beast did his rollout of this mark, whatever it is that people were to receive on their foreheads or their hands. But these people were beheaded because they would not deny Jesus. So that's what and and here's not the not the part of the beheading. I mean, that's not really what I want everybody to focus on. I want everybody to focus on the last statement. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So God has rewards for those, for all of us. You know, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but trust, you know, trust me because I've overcome the world. So Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus is living. Jesus is present. Jesus does hear us. Um, We can um, pray and have our thoughts, 
heard by God. So there is a connection. You're not alone in all this. But um, again, this is going to be something pretty serious that people need to be prepared for. So what are these mark descriptions? Um, What is this? So what is this mark? It's best not to speculate, but simply know what the scripture tells us and then apply this criteria to anything you may question in the future. Here's the criteria. They could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. And somehow the number 666 is tied to it. So the full quote is, the second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Here's another thing that will happen to people who take the mark. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land and ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshiped its image. So whoever has it is going to have these festering sores breaking out for anybody who takes this mark. So not only are you denying Jesus, but if you do, and it's going to be unforgivable at this point, there's nothing that can help these people who take the mark. But this is what's going to happen if you decide, I don't want to take the mark, or I want to take the mark, and I'm not going to um, die for that um, to avoid it. Then you can look forward to the wrath of God, and you can look forward to having festering sores breaking out on everybody who has the mark of the beast. So that's just something to know what you're getting into, know what both sides are. Okay, then, so who is this second beast? The second beast is symbolic in the description as a beast, but scripture clarifies who's, who this second beast is. It's a false prophet. Here's the verse. But the beast was captured, and with it, the false prophet, who had performed the signs on his behalf. With these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So the false prophet is going to deceive the people who had taken the mark of the beast. So that's okay. The second beast is a false prophet who will be working in tandem with the first beast. So scripture says it exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. It performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast 
so the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the beast to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So that's what the second beast is. It's this false prophet, and they are going to be the ones that are kind of going to force this. They're going to get power from the first beast, and they are going to kind of enforce this, the, what the first beast does. So the second beast is a false prophet, and they are going to be deceptive. They're going to have signs. They're going to bring down fire from heaven. There's going to be visual things. And they're, whatever they do, it's going to be really effective. So know what scripture says about them so that you can know who this false prophet is once these events start happening. So then you also want to ask, like, well, who is the first beast? Well, scripture gives us that too. So here it is. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise different from the earlier ones, and he will subdue three kings. Notice that there are ten kings, but one of them subdues three kings. So ten minus three equals seven. There are seven remaining. Now look what Revelation describes. The dragon stood on the shore. As I saw a beast coming out of the sea, it had ten horns and seven heads. So, okay, with the ten crowns on its horns and on each head a blasphemous name. So that's how we get from the ten kings down to the seven heads because one of those replaces, it subdues three kings. Okay, so... Coming out of the sea, in Greek, the word for sea is thalassa, or I don't know if I spelled or pronounced it correctly, it's T-H-A-L-A-S-S-A, and the biblical use of this word is the sea, and it's used of the sea in general, or secondly, it's used specifically of the Mediterranean Sea or the Red Sea, one of the seas in the Mideast in the Middle East. Okay. The beast was seen by Daniel as the last entity to rule the earth, and it will have control over the entire earth. Does this make anyone think about global governance? Here's the scriptural support. He gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on the earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? All the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All those 
are all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. So Jesus, our Yeshua, is the Lamb who was slain, and from the scripture that I just read, we see that it is his book of life. Does this make more sense why Jesus said, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, if Jesus is managing that book of life, obviously whoever he puts in the book of life is going to have eternal life. Whoever's not written in the book of life is not going to have eternal life. So that's why Jesus is, like like Jesus said, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. So then next we have the Antichrist descriptions, because my understanding is the Antichrist is a member of the first beast, and I believe he is the king that subdues three kings. Um, Again, don't speculate on who this is, but know what scripture tells us about this one. Here are scriptural references about the Antichrist. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one who came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a human being and a mouth that spoke boastfully. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. Note, 42 months is three and a half years. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. Now, the Antichrist will eventually be destroyed, and we know this from this scripture. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the holy people and defeating them. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his holy people and try to change the set times and the laws. The holy people will be delivered into his hands for time, times, and half a time. The time, times, and half a time has become understood through Bible scholars as three and a half years. It's confirmed by scripture too. Here's the confirming scripture. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she might be taken care of for time, times, and half a time out of the serpent's reach. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. I will appoint my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. 1,260 days divided by 360 days in a year from biblical times equals three and a half years. And if you're questioning what, well, now you're changing, you know, we have 365 days. Why are you using 360 days? Well, Cambridge University says... The use of the 360-day year for accounting and administration lasted until the old Babylonian period. 
The same number was used in cuneiform literature for astronomical calculations even later throughout the first millennium BCE. And that's from Cambridge University. So it's three and a half years. Now, who's this dragon? Here's the description of the dragon. He sees the dragon, comma, that ancient serpent, comma, who is the devil or Satan, comma, and bound him for a thousand years. So again, we can look at this. So if you even want to go back to the book of Genesis, where the serpent deceived Adam and Eve, who is this ancient serpent? It's the devil. It's Satan. So, you know, yeah, there is symbolism. Is he the dragon? Could he take on that appearance? I don't know. But he's the ancient serpent, the devil or Satan. So this has been going on since the beginning of time, uh, back in the book of Genesis. But the dragon is Satan or the devil. And that's clarified for us in Revelation. Okay, from the scripture, we know that the dragon is Satan, the devil. Satan is the spiritual force empowering the first and the second beast. It's good to understand if you're wondering why our world is becoming so corrupt in every way. Is the first beast forming now? The great dragon, which we know Satan, was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So when everybody, anybody starts doing these like contacting angels and all that stuff, they need to know that there are fallen angels. Whoever gets words from angels or messages from angels, um, there are some people who claim those things. Uh, and a lot of times they don't even think that these could be fallen angels, angels who are rebelled against God and are intending harm for them. So be very skeptical. I mean, a lot of people don't hear from angels, but there are some who do. And these people, I believe, are often deceived because they don't know that there are evil angels who are trying to destroy them. So that's just something that um, is right in scripture. So the final outcome, but the beast was captured and with it, the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf with these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshiped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So as I was preparing to write about the mark, I noticed that the prophet Ezekiel wrote about similar events. And after studying the Bible for these past five years, I learned that some earlier events in history are sometimes a foreshadowing of future events. I definitely see a connection or a correlation between Ezekiel's visions and John's visions, which are found in the book of Revelation. So if you want to study more in depth, check out the book of Ezekiel because there's a lot in there and and compare it to Revelation because you'll probably pick up, you'll learn some things from the two books. Um, But again, this is uh, something else about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Some of these quotes that I read to you are from the book of Daniel. And even Jesus references 
you know, the signs of the end times, he says, um, when this person, in fact, I probably could have included more scripts about the lawless one or the Antichrist, um, even further, add more, I might amend what I put on the um, website and add more details because um, there's other verses in scripture that talk about the lawless one who is the Antichrist. And even Jesus talked about that and said, you know, when you see this person talked about in the book of Daniel, so this is going back to the Old Testament in scripture. And so it's talked about originally there but then it's also talked about in the New Testament by Jesus, by Paul, in Revelation. There are lots of um, different um, places where this person is spoken of. So I think I'm going to add more to it later, but I'm just kind of running out of time on that now. Um, but in summary, someday in the future, there will be a global governing authority who will rule the world and there will be a false prophet who will deceive many people into taking the mark. So be aware of it. It is in Bible prophecy. It will happen someday. Know what scripture says so you are not deceived because you will lose your inheritance in God's kingdom if you accept and take this mark. So please share this with others to warn them and maybe go to the website because you can study it more, you can see what chapters are referenced, and then you can go back to those chapters. It's always good to look at things in context, but it's helpful too to have things pulled out because sometimes when you read through the whole paragraph, there's just so much information in there, it gets confusing. So in this post that I did on the website, it pulls out all the relevant information that pertains to the first beast, the second beast, the mark, the Antichrist, those things. Um, but in maybe later today, I will um, add to that website and add more details about the Antichrist. Or if you get an electronic Bible, go to blueletterbible.com. That's an excellent resource. Um, just type in the search bar, lawless you know, just start there or maybe the, yeah, I guess lawless would be a good word search and find all of the references because the lawless one is also the way the Antichrist is be, is described. So that's a way that you can find more information about a description of the Antichrist so that you know someday, and there's so many different speculations out there currently about who this Antichrist is and, um, just know what scripture says about it so that you'll be aware and you're not going to believe somebody because everybody's calling lots of different people the Antichrist right now. So not everybody's right, obviously, and maybe none of them are right. Maybe that person, well, that person certainly hasn't been revealed yet. Um, but check back later, or maybe tomorrow on the website, and I'm going to try and update more entries for the Antichrist.